Okay, that was beautiful. Okay. Uh, let's have the Bible reading now from uh, Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 to 11. Joseph dreams of greatness. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bound down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. That was a passage on dreams. Everyone has dreams. Dreams from compassion children, dreams that we all individually have in our lives of how we want to aspire to um, reach our destiny, which is to be in heaven with God when that time comes. So here's what I have to say to you today. God has a dream for your life today. God has a dream for you. Joseph was 17 years old when God gave him a world-changing dream. Joseph had a big dream from God. Joseph had a dream that his brothers and sisters would bow down before him. He had a dream that one day he would have a power and that one day he would be influential to the leaders at that time. I want to challenge you today to get a big dream from God. God wants to do more in you. God wants to do more through you. So dream big. God has more for you. There's going to be times when your circumstances are inconsistent with your dreams. Let me just repeat that. There's going to be times when there are circumstances 
that are inconsistent with your dreams. Joseph had a dream, but he later was thrown in prison. His brothers attacked him. He was thrown into a pit. He was lied on. He was locked up. These are all inconsistent with his dreams. At these moments, you have two options to choose. Option one, you can reduce your life to your present circumstances. That is to just give up, settle with what you have. Or you can have option two. You can believe through God that your life will catch up with your dream if you don't quit and don't give up. Now Joseph had his first dream at the age of 17, but he was aged 30 when he became effectively the prime minister of the most powerful nation on the earth at that time. Joseph chose option two, and he didn't give up in his dream. Now I'm, I'm a volunteer for compassion. And I'm here to tell you about the dreams of children in poverty from all over the world. They have dreams. Children who have been depraved in many ways. Children whose circumstances have become inconsistent with their dreams. Children who would choose option two to release their dreams and their potential. But they need your help to do it. Let's watch a video now. <laughs> Let's watch a short, short video. If you can play the least of me, which then explains a little bit more about compassion and a little bit more about children. Okay, thank you. In a given week, we'll go at least for three days without food. The friends that I played with in the neighborhood got captured and was being trained to become child soldiers. We would beg our parents just to buy one apple, but even the rotten ones we could not afford to buy. In a period of 18 months, I lost my small brother Patrick, my mom, and I lost my stepdad because of the terrifying disease of HIV-AIDS. When my mother died, I was lost. I was looking for hope, for God to just show me that everything was going to be okay. Not knowing what tomorrow will look like, not knowing whether I would have a home, whether we would live to see the next day. I don't know why Aaron Mitchell decided to sponsor me, but when he did, my whole life changed. A group of people from Compassion showed up at my church. They said, you're going to go to school, and then somebody's going to write to you. I don't have to worry about whether my parents would have enough money to keep me going to school. Even if I get sick, someone was there to take care of me. I felt safe. I felt wanted. 
My sponsor is Edwin Bunny, Maria and Hanshro. Aaron, me too. Five women from a Lutheran church that were sponsoring me. I am now a physical therapist and I'm working in a hospital. Clinical social worker. I was the first child in my family to go to high school, to go to college. I have a bachelor and a master in, in, in biomedical engineering, a second master in engineering management, and uh, I called me into ministry, so I had to go and get a third master. I have a ministry called Youth Arise Africa that works with boys who don't have father figures. We opened a small school. It's not providing the same opportunity that Compassion provided to me so that they too can break out of the cycle of poverty. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. You do for me. You did for me. You did it for me. Sponsor a child today to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life like my sponsor did for me. Wow. That video, uh, short video, just gives you a little capture of what uh, sponsoring one child can do for that child and bring them from poverty and they can realize their dreams and they can become someone who their dreams who they thought it could be. Compassion also teaches them about God and about Jesus and how that actually plays a part in their life and is part of their dreams. Just so Joseph had his dreams, they can then have their dreams given by God too. When children grow up and reach their dreams, it fills all our hearts uh, with gladness. It feels nice that you're doing it. All the children that you sponsor, um, it makes you feel good that you're doing that. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing to, um, to praise. This church, uh, the United Reformed Church, also sponsored a child called Christian, uh, as we saw there, whom, uh, whom is doing very well. And thank you for all your care and sponsorship towards him and the individual ones that you sponsor as well. I, love, I truly loved hearing that. That was beautiful. Um, the fight against child poverty doesn't end there, but it still continues, even as these times of uh, COVID, um, and it gets even more difficult. But, but the, the fight against poverty still continues. And we still need your help um, to fulfill all the dreams of those hearts. Um, on the screen, as you can see there, is um, in the modern world that we are, you can actually text through to Compassion and you can get more information. You can actually sponsor a child there as well. And sponsoring a child, as I says, I says although it does cost a £28, as you can see there, but think of it as you are effectively trying to purchase dreams, if you like, make them realise their dreams. And in return you yourself will have the dream of seeing them uh, uh, grow from when you sponsor them as a young child to when they're 16 and knowing that you played a part in taking them from poverty, out of poverty, poverty in Jesus' name. So just to remind that the text says sponsor T-U-R-C and that's the initials of your church. Okay, and if you text to TURC, to sponsor TURC to 88802, and you will receive some information. If you just want to do a donation, text and say that. Or if you would like more information regarding sponsorship, then you can do as well.
So um, thank you for uh, listening to me today. And um, I should leave it there. Thank you very much indeed for having me. Well, a huge thank you to Rodney for the really inspiring talk and the video as well. It's uh, been really good. So now, I give an invitation to respond to what we've heard. Um, our response can be in giving or in prayer. So we pray. Lord God, we thank you for the work of compassion, for the many people who support them, for the many volunteers. We ask for your blessing on all of them. And we give thanks, great God, for the gifts you have made over to us. And in response, we offer to you our own gifts for the work of extending your kingdom through the work of the church. We thank you for all who give of their time, talents and money. And in this pandemic, we particularly give thanks for the variety of ways you enable that to happen. Amen. And now we'll have our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Continuing our prayers. O oh God, we thank you for the variety that you created on this planet. Ecosystems and plants, seas and skies, living creatures and human beings. You have made us in your own image, living, moving, feeling emotions of love, compassion, grief and sorrow. We celebrate and thank you that we are so complex and wonderfully made. But we know too that we often fail to truly reflect your merciful, loving and compassionate nature. So we thank you for each new day when we can start afresh with the help of the Holy Spirit gifted to us through Jesus' death and resurrection. And as we focus our prayers on the wider world, we remember the numerous countries in the Horn of Africa, but also now in Yemen and Saudi Arabia, suffering from plagues of locusts wiping out crops. We pray for these populations, many already living in poverty, but now facing food famine in addition to an increase in coronavirus. We give thanks and pray for the work of aid agencies working hard to try to limit the locusts' impact and also trying to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask you, loving God, merciful and tender, to give wisdom and insight to those who are trying to find a vaccine for COVID-19. As the infection rate increases across the world, we pray for all the decision makers working out what they think is the best course of action in their own country. God of wisdom, most of us would not want to be in their shoes with that responsibility. Remind us to pray for them, we ask, because we're all so interconnected. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In these difficult times, we pray particularly for all workers who are on the front line in one way or another, and therefore potentially more vulnerable to infection from the virus. We pray for their physical and mental well-being and the impact on their families and friends of their work and the stresses it brings. Many are feeling exhausted, and we ask you, Lord, to ease their burdens. Loving God, we give thanks for the breath you've put into us, our bones that you've clothed with a variety of skins, our organs that do amazing things without our thinking about it. And we pray for those whose bodies do not work as you intended, 
for those whose minds are troubled and for those who are going through the experience of bereavement. Help us to be kind to each other, to weep together and to rejoice together, to grapple with life's challenges together when hope seems distant and to reflect Jesus' love as far as we are able. And although lamentation is something of a theme at the moment, we also remember those amazing words from the Bible's book of Lamentations in chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. And now we listen.